listening to Movies in 4K, episode 82. I am one of your hosts, Bill Shetty. I'm the other one, Lady Phantom. And the Phantom is going to pop out some fun facts before we get to this review. The year this movie was up for Oscars, it was nominated for 11 of them, and it won every single one of them. And what else we got? That's it. That's a fun fact. Wow, I think everybody probably knows what the movie is, but let's get into it. We are covering The Lord of the Rings Part 3, The Return of the King. Rated PG-13, runs for 3 hours and 21 minutes. Oh my freaking God. Okay, genres for action, adventure, drama, fantasy. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm curious because the Phantom's probably going to rattle off a lot of stars that aren't stars, (laughs) but go for it. Oh, Sean Astin, Elijah Wood, Viggo Mortensen, Ian McKellen, Liv Tyler, Captain Smith. <laughs> oh, I forget his From name Titanic. right now. From Titanic. From Titanic. Kate Blanchett, yes. Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Um, John Rice Davies. Yes. Oh, my. So many people in this movie. All right, Lady Phantom. Before we even start with the synopsis, we haven't covered any of the Lord of the Rings. Why are we covering the finale in this? Because it happens to be my favorite movie ever. But why do we have to audio that? Shouldn't it have been the first one and written on the next one? No, because I wanted to discuss this one. I mean, if it's my favorite one, plus the others are definitely going to be done in writing. Okay, so you're going to have to go back and bring some context on this episode here then. True. So you want me to start with that or? Well, go with the synopsis first. Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men against Sauron's army to draw his gaze from Frodo and Sam as they approach Mount Doom with the One Ring. Do you like that? Not really. I mean, actually, that describes some of the movie, but it's towards the end. It's more like in this part, the realms of men fight the the armies of Mordor, which is the land of Sauron, the bad guy. And uh, on the other hand, Frodo and Sam are aiming to destroy the One Ring, which gives Sauron all his power. Okay, so if nobody has seen these, just try to summarize, if you can, up to this point. What's the justification of this movie? Well, basically, there is one ring, which came to Bilbo Baggins, uh, Frodo's uncle, in The Hobbit before this. And it's an evil ring because it's the one that Sauron created to put all his power into it. And there's a fellowship uh, that is basically nine people, an elf, a dwarf, and men, and a wizard, and hobbits. And their whole thing is take this ring to where it was made and destroy it. So 
the bad guy Sauron cannot come back to power. But in the meantime, there are battles. There, are, the realms of men fight the the bad guys and stuff. But the 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 whole thing is about getting to Mount Doom and destroying this one ring. Okay, you just made a statement for the bad guy Sauron, right? Yeah. He's not a man now. Well, he was never a man, actually. He was, I mean, that goes to the mythology of old Middle Earth and everything. It w It's more like he was like a demigod of uh, a goon, something like that. I mean, a very, very powerful being. But yes, I mean, he had a corporeal form at some point, and it looked human, quote unquote, but very, very big. And now he's just an eye on a tower. Yes, basically. Okay, and he's controlling the orcs. Yeah, he controls all the bad people, the, the orcs, which were, at the beginning they were elves, but they were twisted and, and spoiled, and they became these ugly, ugly things. Okay, first, in my opinion, if you haven't seen the first two this is out of the question <laughs> i mean i even had trouble following this and i seen the first two because of the phantom about a year back or so now this is fantasy so i did my best to try to understand what was going on it's not really complicated and to me the first one's a little more interesting because it goes with the story and they describe the rings and who has the rings and what's in this world they created and this one just starts in the middle of the action really phantom is going to take the lead on this show because she has vast knowledge about this series and probably watched all of them many many times <laughs> I will lead in because the opening scenes in this starts with Smeagol, who is Gollum, and it shows you the ring that he has, and yeah. he's extremely old. Yes. So that's where we begin, right there. So if you know nothing else about it, you're like, what's going on here? But you have that. Now... A lot of this story is the journey of Frodo and Sam getting to this tower. It goes back and forth many times. My impression is, and the Phantom can elaborate on it, but I'm going from my take of somebody who's not seen these movies before, is that this ring is sort of commanding and possessing the holder of it and making them oh what's the right word lose track of time and they don't want to give up this ring like it has powers and it's making them do things normally they wouldn't yeah i won't i wouldn't say it's a sentient ring per se but it definitely knows what's what like it wants, the whole thing is that it wants to go to Sauron. It's an evil thing. It's not just a ring, you know, because in the times of the Hobbit, the only thing Bilbo knew was that he put it on and he became invisible and that was its thing. That was it, but it's not. It's an evil thing and it wants to go back to Sauron. So every time it can, it tries to make the, the one that is holding it, which is Frodo, it wants to make Frodo put it on because if he puts it on, he becomes invisible to the other people, but he becomes clear as day to Sauron. So that's its whole thing. Right. So this half of the story is Frodo, Sam, his buddy, and Gollum. Gollum is trying to get this ring so Back. bad. Yeah. And he is driving a wedge in between Sam and Frodo. Because he wants Sam out of the picture, he thinks he can get the ring easier when he's not there. Because Sam is very leery with Gollum. Yeah, he can, now, he can see right through him. Right. But they need Gollum to get to this tower. They have no idea where they're going. To the, to the mount. Not to the tower, to the mount. But okay. Yeah. 
that is a really big part of this movie here. Then you have all the battles with the king of men. Well, with the men, with the with the realms of men, you have Rohan and Gondor, basically. And Gondor doesn't have a king. And that's the whole thing with the return of the king. Right. And the Sauron evil eye-being creature thing that's trying to <laughs> manifest to get this ring back so he can become even more powerful, I guess. Yeah. He keeps sending his henchmen out the fight in battles. Yes. Is that that's a good description? It, yes. Take it over, Phantom. What stages of this film do you think is important to discuss? Well, as you said, it begins with telling how Gollum came to possess the ring. It's a short part, but I think it's important because it be- it began with murder, really. Like, he killed to get that ring. Like, Gollum, once upon a time, was uh, part of the river folk who are similar to hobbits, but not quite. And basically, uh, like, Gollum had this ring for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it corrupted him completely. And the only thing he wants is uh, to get it back. Like, it, previously in the Two Towers, he got some kind of... Well, he was always like that. Like, he has these two personalities. And uh, for something that happens in the previous movie, he decides that he wants to kill the hobbits and he wants the ring back and he's going to kill them if it's necessary. But yeah, as you said, Sam is very leery of him. So he wants him out of the picture. So here it it begins, let's say, when they are about to go into a tunnel which is a place that Gollum wants to take Frodo to because he knows there is a spider there that can kill him for for him. And then he can get the ring. And so it goes. But then at the same time, Gondor is like having trouble because there is this steward who is the father of Faramir and Boromir, who if you saw the previous movies, you know that he was part of the fellowship so of course Gandalf the wizard goes to Gondor and tells Denethor Lady Phantom mm-hmm. if you can try to put it in layman's terms you're rattling off so many names if somebody's <laughs> not familiar give us a justification you know say the wizard is going here to do that just so it's more understandable okay that sorry I don't know So the wizard goes to Gondor because he has to tell the steward, because he's not a king, he's a steward, that he has to prepare for battle because the bad guy, Mordor, is coming to attack. But he's like, no, I don't want to fight. Like, why should I? I mean, I've seen the evil that is staring and I, (laughs) nobody can do anything. So why? But again, the wizard is like, no, no, you have to fight. But at the same time, this guy is like, okay, maybe you can tell me then why my son was killed. But like they they get off that topic quickly because it does no good to anyone. So this guy sends his other son to reclaim a citadel, like a, a city that is before Gondor. And he knows that he might die, but he doesn't care. He's a horrible man. (laughs) And of course, the bad guys take that city, so they are coming closer to to Gondor. But then the guy goes crazy. So then Gandalf uh, assumes, let's say, the the rule of the city. Is that a spoiler, what you just said? No, not really. Well, not, not really. I mean, he's a minor character, whatever. The point is that... Minas Tirith, which is the capital of Gondor, prepares for battle. And I would say the the majority of this movie is actually the fight between Gondor and Mordor, which is the bad guys. Anything else? No, because I, well, Well, I mean, there are spoilers. you're, You're missing all the main characters. Viggo Mortensen is basically the star of this movie via uh, name yeah i mean i mean what is this Gondor. guy doing what does he control what is his mission his mission is who is he first 
Well, he is a guy that they call a ranger of the north, but in reality, he is the heir to the throne of Gondor. So, which is, is the head important. of men. Well, he, it's one of the realms of men, maybe the most important, but yeah. Okay, who's the head of the elves? The, that would be Elrond, and there's also Galadriel, but they are off in their place in Rivendell and Lothlorien. Okay, why does Viggo Mortensen's character, the king of men or the ruler of the men, heir of the right, the who's kingdom. trying to command his people, why is he working with Gimli, who's a dwarf, and Legolas is a elf? Because they were people that were sent to the council of Ur- of Elrond in the first movie. And they formed this fellowship to go and destroy the ring. So one of them was a a dwarf, Gimli, and the other one was an elf, Legolas. And there was Boromir, that was a man, and him, Aragorn. And then the hobbits kind of include themselves. So, well, Merry and Pippin, because Frodo and Sam were going to go anyway. All right. Now, how about the Liv Tyler character, and the woman of the king. The woman of the king? The woman's uncle is a king. Oh, okay. She so, plays a key <clears throat> part in this. Yeah, well, there's Liv Tyler. She is Arwen. She is the daughter of Elrond. And she happens to be the woman that Aragorn loves more than anything else. And in this movie unlike in the books, they tied her destiny to the ring. Like, if she lives, it's because uh, the ring is destroyed. If the ring is not destroyed, she dies, which is stupid because that was never the way it happened, but oh well. And uh, Eowyn is the niece of the king of Rohan. Right, back to Liv Tyler for mm-hmm. a minute. Is she gypsy-esque? No, or she's fairy-esque? an elf. fairy-esque? No, she's an elf. Okay. Yeah, there so are there's no, no fairies gypsies here. or fairies in this? No. She's an elf. Because they do allude to different, I don't know, supernatural type stuff with her, I would say, in a part. You said they're ethereal. Yeah. That leads to a fairy to me, not an elf. No, it's like, it's just that the elves, they are immortal, you know, and they... Are they live in another plane with some exceptions, but like they are immortal, they cannot die unless it is in battle, but they don't get sick or anything else. Now, in her case specifically, she loves Aragorn, so she gives up this immortal life in order to be with him, and that's basically the idea. Now, you could say there there are some supernatural things because her father, Elrond, can actually see the future. So Well, there's definitely supernatural things in this movie. There's yeah. ghosts in this movie. Yes, and ghosts who fight. Yeah, and they are pretty badass. I'm ready to get in the technicals if you're done on the story <laughs> here. I mean, it sounds so convoluted listening to you. but <laughs> Well... It might be a little. <laughs> is there anything else you want to mention in the story? What is Gandalf doing this whole movie? Gandalf is basically he- helping the good guys win the whole battle. Gandalf is originally something like an angel, actually. He is a super, super, super old being. But he, you could say, disguises as a wizard. And there are five different wizards, and he's one of them. He used to be Gandalf the Grey, but because of something that happens, he becomes Gandalf the White. But his whole thing is to help the good people win this battle and defeat Sauron. Right, and then these band of people from different factions in this kingdom universe were in, there comes a point when they're trying to help Frodo because Frodo is off by his own. With Sam. And this goes back to a previous one when they got separated. In this one, they're never there. Mm-hmm. He's just on his own trying to get to this tower with the ring to throw it in the fire that apparently defeats Sauron. Yes. The master. (laughs) (laughs) 
the Lord of the Rings, actually. Okay. Before we get to some technicals, I want to talk about problems with this movie here to me. Because okay. Phantom, I think everybody knows if you know Phantom <laughs> where she's coming in. But maybe she can describe some things or battle me or what. A huge problem in this movie is the bad people are so weak to me. There's this master creature called the Witch King that rides on dragons and he gets defeated like a puppy. Why? There's scenes before this when he's flying these dragons and the dragon's picking up one or two people at a time and there's thousands of people. All he's got to do is land on people. He'd crush thousands of people. Okay, first of all, they're in dragons, okay? They are some flying things, whatever, but they are not dragons. beasts or something, but they're uh, Whatever they are. No, the thing with him was that legend said that no living man could kill him. That's what it said. But the point is, he was a main bad guy. I'm sending this guy after Yeah, the everybody. main henchman of Sauron, yes. He was actually yes. the, the one of the nine uh, kings that got a ring. And then you get this Shelob spider creature that just can't take care of Frodo, that has no power. He's a little kid. He's small. I mean, silly there. <laughs> and going back to other ones, we get to the cave troll. They are in this up towards battle. The orcs take over them to help them out, but they're weak too. I mean, one of them gets hit in the foot by a little sword. And you got to remember, these things are monstrous here. They're portrayed in this. And another part is Legolos throws some or shoots some arrows into these monstrous elephant things i don't even know if they're called elephants if they got a special name elephants they are okay and apparently they kill these things that a spear wouldn't even go through no but i mean they are elven spears and elven arrows i mean the that's also part of the supernatural stick here is that, I mean, the elven weapons and things, they carry a special power that is given to them by the pureness. All right. Then we get to the battle scenes where you'll have these long dialogue-driven scenes of stuff going on, and then they're like, okay, there's like eight people standing around, and we're going to go into battle. And then all of a sudden, it's panned slowly to thousands of men. (laughs) Where did these people come from? Underground or something? Okay, someone didn't want to watch the extended version, right? So never mind that. Well, we're talking about the movie that played well, in theaters, okay. what most people have seen. Oh, right. But the, all, that's it. all that is all that is in point. the extended I edition. I am telling you problems. Now, you're sticking up for every one of them and just wiping out. That's not, a, <laughs> that's not a negative. That's not a negative. I will say this ghostly clan that this one guy commands to help him out in battle. I thought some of that was pretty neat. Because, like Phantom said, it's really not in the supernatural realm, even though some people have powers and magic, you could say, or things like that. But this really went to deep supernatural because they're all dead soldiers and they're in this green hue and he gets them to help them fight all the orcs. All right, I'm ready for some technicals. Okay. First, I'd like to talk about the makeup. This is where it shined. Like all the orcs and the look of the creatures, even the digital ones look good. It was done super well. Yes. The makeup. Yeah, I agree. Like, there was so much work. And I'm including put into that. the costuming in this. This is one of these that seems Roman esque. Everybody in knights' uniforms and robes. I don't know why we have to have this in every fantasy movie. 
It's not in every fantasy movie, but well, okay. Well, what is it with it, Phantom? Why do we got to be in robes and <laughs> and spears and riding on horses? Well, because that's the way it was written. I mean, that's it. Well, why is that in fantasy? Why are they not all Not always. In, in, in Harry Potter, you don't see any of that because it's well, put in yet. a... <laughs> no, you don't see any of that because all of that is situated in the 80s and 90s. I'm just so. saying, why... Was this situated in this time? This I don't story? know. How am I supposed to know as the writer? <laughs> I mean, well, that's don't it. You know? Because he wrote something epic and he invented the whole thing. But of course, he he put it in this kind of place where with middle-aged clothing or whatever. But that's what he decided to do. And everybody with long curly hair. Well... In the uh, in the Middle Ages, men were not exactly known for being clean sha- clean shaven and but having they short were hair. clean shaven. A lot of them in the Middle Ages. In this movie, oh well, hobbits and elves. So was the king. So was Gandalf. Gandalf was clean shaven. Yes, he had really? a nice tight goatee. I think you're talking about Mister Captain Smith, not Gandalf. Well, yes, him too. Ah. Uh, Okay, well, where do you get razors? I don't know. I'm sure they had where like they get hairspray. The, the we just did. They Water didn't World. use hairspray. <laughs> they just like you put their their hair back. I will say most of it was super well done, and the costuming. I mean, it fit across all this, and the armor. It's like back in old times and stuff like that. And the horses were good and stuff like that. All right, what did you think of the acting? Oh, it's great. All the way around. Yeah. Did anybody stand out better than anybody else? Not really. Who's your favorite? My favorite, but that ha- that goes to the story, is Sam. Because, I mean, I think the real MVP of this story is Samwise Gamgee. Because without him, Frodo wouldn't have gotten far. So Okay, as a movie, Lady Phantom, just as entertainment, who did you like the best? Aragorn. Really? Okay. I think Gimli stole the show in every scene he's in it. He's not even in it that much. It's really bizarre how long these movies are, how they go back and forth between lands and kingdoms and different characters and stuff. Like, this guy was entertaining to watch. His facial expressions, his dialogue that he specifically had was very fun funny and likable i think he was the star now in acting cred who i believe the most would probably have to be gandalf to me i think he was the best actor on screen aragorn who was vigo mortison right oh this guy is dry as a wet sponge in this whole movie this no, whole he's series not. he lacks so much emotion he looks the same throughout it i did not like his character but gandalf as an actor i think brought it and i will say kate blanchett too i thought she was very good because she shows more emotion than most and some of was, the hobbits show have a little range she was barely in this at all yeah but when she was there she stood out well yeah i mean kate blanchett is great also elrond weaving hugo weaving he is great i also liked on screen i don't know what you would call this guy i don't think he has a specific name but he was almost in command of the army of the orcs he had a real dilapidated face he has a name but i always and forever will forget it because i just can't remember his name but he was good and the (laughs) king of the ghosts oh yeah which is what's his name i don't know I don't know. I've never How do you known. I not know this. But I don't know. I've never known his name. Okay, let's go into cinematography here. I think this is where the movie shines. It's super vast sets and super vast amount of people, and it pans real fluidly. There's no doubt this had to win. Well, you said it won all 11, but this had to be one category was like the cinematography. How 
the camera work was panning across these vast areas of land and towers and horses and big elephants. But I do have a criticism with a lot of the action scenes. I thought they were done too fast. You really didn't get a feel of the action of fighting one-on-one. True. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. Very shaky cam and fast at action some points, yes, specifically in the in the action part. Yeah, but I because thought it worked. you have one of the stars in this just standing in the middle of a hundred people around them or thousands of people fighting and they're just standing there calmly like Well, but that is slow motion when they are like that. Yeah, but when certain things happen, like they notice something, like, ooh, the tower's starting to break down, like and i know it goes to the story but there's just other times when it's like they focus on one character with thousands of people fighting around them without any care and yeah. i just i mean it's yes it's bizarre. true now i will also say that it's i i think it was tricky to pull this off because well very tricky because this was all filmed in new zealand which has these landscapes that are unbelievable and they managed to like there were things that you knew or I knew at least they were real landscapes, but then they show you something that cannot be a real landscape and you cannot really tell the difference or how they went from this to that you because could. they go cleanly. Some of them you could on the 4K, but we'll get more Maybe. into that. Also, another thing that I that I think is incredible with this movie, with the three, but like, of course, with this movie, is the use of forced perspective. Like, we are talking about different races. We just mentioned, like, the wizard, we, the men, the uh, dwarves, and, well, the dwarf, in this movie is only one and the hobbits and all of these people have different heights and they use both force perspective and of course like children at some point when they have their their backs to the camera or something Uh uh-huh yes it's funny because especially towards the end i'm like that that ain't ian home walking there but i mean it works you would never if you didn't know these actors previously you would never know yeah 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 and and the thing is that in many scenes they pull off the different heights of these people and they are not digital effects it's just forced perspective it's funny because ian holm is short anyway but he's not that short but he if he's five five two i'd be shocked he is a pretty small guy Mm -hmm. to begin with Okay, Lady Phantom. Oh, and before we go on, we were talking about this before. Uh, John Rhys-Davies, like he is actually one of the tallest people of all this cast, and he plays the dwarf, and you would never know. Because, okay. I mean, they, they do that great. And I just want to put it out here. The editing, that's another one that had to win an award or something or get credit, because that, to put all this together... It was, like I said, just completely fluid, and it worked. There was no bad jump cuts or anything like that. That nice fades, or it went to a landscape into other people. It was really smooth, so that's very good. And the editors and the mixers don't get a lot of credit in movies like this, and they have a lot to do with it. Let's talk about the main thing about these movies is all the digital effects. I thought they were very very good yeah especially for the time period right yeah we're talking 20 years ago i mean this movie is for 2003 but the three movies were filmed at the same time yeah and you know this goes to the level of it's fantasy it's an adventure fantasy tale so you know things are a little off but when they're done all the interactions with the creatures were really good, like with Treebeard and Gollum, of course. I'm going to get more into him in the 4K. But that is pretty incredible. And this has to be like reference to what can be achieved. I think it nowadays, is. Nowadays, especially with the Gollum character. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, we have seen, I think Gollum was the first motion capture that at least I was ever aware of. And from then, 
they've done so many things using motion capture. And I think to date, Gollum is still one of the best that has been done. I mean, in motion capture. And they have done You know, the one part I didn't like goes with the story was when he was on the invisible Frodo. I didn't like that scene. (laughs) This was the first time I seen it. This is my second viewing, but I didn't watch it all the way through and I didn't see that scene. That was kind of a little cheesy. I didn't like it. So that came out of the blue to me, that scene. Well, I, I like it. I mean, when I back when I saw it for the first time, I was also like, "What?" But that was because no, I'm the book about was the different. Look of it, I know the story. I'm saying the look of it looked kind of cheesy. Well, it like because it, it was at good. a distance, and not to get it to look so fake. I think they really panned out really far. Oh, mm-hmm. and. I just thought it was too far away and looked a little gimmicky. All right, I'm ready to what about this. The music. Well, I was going to save that for 4K, but no, I mean the the, the music, not how it sounds, but the the music well, in general. It's one and the same, really, to me. I, it works for this movie. The music. I think it's beautiful. It's a good fantasy track. All of them. Um, I personally don't have much else to say about the music. I don't think it's reference material by no means. Oh, I do. I think this this movie is, I mean, of course, it's not the only one, but it's these three movies. They are one with their soundtrack. What I will say is that it was nice that it was kept in the background for the most part. Mm-hmm. There was always a nice little track or something playing that went along for the most part. Yeah, of the, the story. Yes. And I want to save this for the 4K because okay. I got more to talk. All, all right. right. For me, I'm giving all the credit to this mainly in the technical department here because this is a long, laborious, tedious <laughs> series in a whole. This movie in particular, because that's what we're covering. I mean, I could have cut an hour out of this movie if I was to make this movie because it just drags on and they go back and forth to Frodo. It's like he got a hundred feet and you see how weak he's getting and being commanded by the ring and stuff. And they do it over and over and over again. Then they got so many dialogue driven parts with Gandalf and Kings and leaders and rulers and, And if you don't know before or you're not super into this movie, this is not a casual watch movie to me because all these names and names of land and leaders and cities and places, it gets so confusing because they're so weird, the names and stuff, and it just doesn't plug in your mind. So... I'm going to give it a six for the technical department. Acting was really good. Couple standouts, like I said. Sound good. Editing and cinematography was by far the best to me. And I will say you must rent this if if you've seen the other ones. I mean, who probably hasn't seen any of this? But this isn't a buy to me. I will never watch this stuff again. But what do you got, Well, to me, this movie is a 10, of course, because, I mean, it is my favorite movie ever. And it goes to the technical. So you're rating it by favorite movie and not by every No, no, not only that. It's just I've seen, I'm seeing it from all of the points of view that I can, which is I love the acting. I love the special effects are tremendous. The costume department, it's like. Oh my goodness, like just the Witch King had I don't know how many layers of clothing outside, but but you just don't get to see that. But it's there, you know, it, it's so, like so much care was put into this movie and it is one of the best adaptations from a book ever. So I have to give it from, from all those things. Plus the story and the general theme of the, of the book and the movie, obviously, are very attractive to me. People doing what's right, no matter what. I really like that. So, I mean, this movie is a 10 for me, and it's a most own. And before we get to the 4K, if I had to rate this like most critics do just by likability factor, 
oh, this would be down towards the bottom of the barrel. I can't even put a rating on it because it wouldn't be fair. But I don't like this type of movie at all. It's too mystical and fantastical and too clear cut. What Phantom likes, I hate movies like this. <laughs> like the Hobbits, they're just all pristine, great, normal people. And that just ain't how people are. All right, Lady Phantom. 4K discs. I got this for your birthday, was it? Yes. The whole set. Now, these are not available individually. You no. have got to buy the set. Now, we're only covering this one on this show. We will be doing written reviews during this year sometimes. And I have heard through the grapevine some of them aren't as good as other 4Ks. So we'll let you know when we get to that. Okay, Phantom. There is a mild sheen in this. Is there? I mean, I couldn't I couldn't see grain. There's some mild sheens of grain in this at times. I noticed that, but it's so... Because you were so involved, you didn't do your due diligence no, but because I did. she loves this movie so much. Now, I will say that like we did watch part of the movie in an OLED and part on, a Q, on the QLED. And where I did notice it was on the QLED. On the OLED, I honestly didn't see any grain whatsoever. And I was looking for it. No, there's definitely a fine, it's super fine. Yeah, they worked a lot on yes, this movie. Yes, and they did use some DNR here, and Phantom's going to disagree with me. With the Liv Tyler characters, there's this one scene that really sticks out to me that she was out of focus. Now, she's saying that there's a haziness around her, but a scene right after that when she's talking with the leader, Elv, it gets picture perfect clear and i just think either it was minutely out of focus which is very possible or they just dnr'd that specific scene a little too much that just gave it was just a little out of focus yeah i will say that yeah because when you said that i did pay attention and i think you're right and there are other scenes in which i don't know exactly what they did but it's like a face looked very clear, not in a close-up, but like in a in a scene that is moderately, let's say, away from the focus uh, of the person who is the focus of the scene. Like the face was picture perfect, clear, but the hair was hazy. It was funny. Like, and there were a few scenes where that happened. I'll tell you, Gandalf in this looked the best. Ah, yes, because he's an all white. Mm-hmm. and his staff or whatever you want to yes, call it it's a that, staff. that shines the light out mm -hmm. we get some hdr pop here are you happy with the hdr phantom i think this was definitely not the best movie to see that but where they where there needed to be hdr i think there was but was there enough I'm not no sure. No way. A lot, a lot of the fires didn't pop like normal. And some of them were digital, obviously, because they're out in the distance and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the, the fire was kind of inconsistent because, I mean, you can very clearly see when the fire is real and when it's not. When the fires were real and the explosions were real, it looked incredible. And then you do have some digital fire that you're like, really? Yeah, and you know what's it's like a mixed bag, Phantom, because when they're firing over like the rocks that are on fire, fireballs, mm -hmm. they're so obviously fake because 4K is so good. It does pop, it does look good yeah, on screen, and, but it's obviously fake. Yeah, and then the problem, which is not really a problem, but it is at the same time, is weird, is that they did so much work in this movie. Like they really really worked on the 4k so much that when there's something that is actually a fake uh i don't know stone or rock that is on fire in the distance it really stands out right and i let phantom know before this so maybe she prepared a response is when i watched this originally on blu-ray hd blu-ray i never thought Gollum looked fake at all 
I mean, you know something's a little off, but it's like this creature. You're like, ooh, that's cool. It's not really normal. It's somebody old and it's got big eyes and his teeth are real protruded. So it looks really neat in this animation. Here, there was a couple scenes, especially when he was like walking up steps or rocks or mountains and like grabbing arms on the 4K, it's so clear and vibrant, it made it look a little fake. And I didn't notice that at all on Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, I still didn't see that very well. Like, I, I really didn't think it looked fake. But I can see how you could because, uh, yeah, I mean, this 4K is super, super clear. Yes, so. a lot of level of detail. And that goes to a fine line. We're in that fantasy realm so you're like, oh, let it go. Like with the dragons, when they get a close-up of these dragon things, whatever they are, they're nowhere near as good as Avatar. I told you this off yeah. screen. They're just kind of cartoony. And I noticed it way more on the 4K than the Blu-ray. But I'm letting it go because it's fantasy. So i think it's okay when they look a little fake really these creatures that aren't real creatures yeah but like tree beard and other ones they looked really good yes you know and he's only in it once in this movie in the beginning yeah he's and also it good he's also voiced and played by john reese davis oh is it <laughs> yeah what else you want to talk about with video, Lady Phantom? How did you think the like the tower with the eye look, the digital eye? It looked eye very good. That takes me kind of to the black levels, which are fantastic in this movie. The 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 blacks and also the light. It was it was just so See, beautiful. I would say more like um, the brighter scenes really stood out, looking better to me. It wasn't super black. Like the scene I can really pick out is when he was down in the cave with Shelob. Mm -hmm. It was pretty dark there with, you know, some torches going on in there. Now, the Eye of Sauron with all the fire and rocky mountainous things, it got dark, but nothing that I would say was a standout. It's not like, ooh, this is the scene to go to in this movie. No, not necessarily, but I thought the colors were excellent. Like yes, you could see the yes. black, the red, the yellow. It was right, like, but mm. not a lot of popping off the screen, though, even no, though a lot much. of the contrast was really good. But personally, to me, this, this shines more in the bright scenes than the dark scenes to me. Yeah, which is probably why... Maybe the Fellowship of the Ring would would look like incredible because it it has so many things that are in daylight and colorful and everything. So yeah, yeah, like Hobbit Land towards the end when they actually go there is that Middle Earth? That's Hobbiton, but okay. no, everything is Middle Earth. Okay, but that's of course it's very whimsical and everything's green the greenery and everything it looks really pretty but not reference material <laughs> it's very vibrant but lady phantom you've seen this in the theater i would assume dvd was the first format VHS. you had oh this was vhs oh no no yeah you're right dvd, DVD then blu-ray Blu and now 4K. And how many incarnations of blu-ray had you had probably two or three of them too right two the the theatrical edition and then later on when the extended edition was released i got that too. so your opinion of having these discs for many years watching them many times how's that uptick Very did it good. get you excited did yes. you see more than you didn't see at other times was there more textures yes stuff? yeah i mean the textures were always good but in this version, it's like you can take a look at the clothes and you can almost feel the parts that are made out of silk or the parts that are embroidered. Remember the Blu-ray looked pretty darn good on this yes, movie. Yes, absolutely, yes. But I think the 4K looks so, so good. All right, we do get for the first time a Dolby Atmos track. What did you think about the sound? There could always be more overheads. But, I mean, yeah, you, you do get some 
overheads and some very cool surrounds. I think you they know do what use I them. noticed specifically on this. What is you didn't get a lot of the surrounds on action, but there's a lot of atmosphere in this movie. A mm-hmm. lot, like they're always windy or a little light track or something going by yeah you know because there's a lot of wind in this movie yeah <laughs> First, you see their hair blowing not normally like it should it seems like because they're up on mountains and stuff so they gotta portray winds blowing but a lot of atmosphere Yes. It didn't make me feel more a part of it because the action scenes didn't glorify the surrounds to me. It was very front heavy, but the atmosphere was in constant use. Yes. Yes, it was. And also like we there there's this scene where these flying things are flying and then you get the eagles and then I did hear the overheads and yeah, I was where like, did "Oh, these that big is so eagles cool." Come from. Oh, but they are the eagles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, big eagles take down a big dragon. Well, we're talking about massive eagles of the size of those things. It's not a normal eagle, so. Yeah, well, I agree. Okay. No, they are a special race. What's the eagles called? (laughs) Smeagles? No, they are just the eagles, only that their king is called Wahir or something. That was kind of, it's, that's why I really don't like these movies. It's like. Okay, they're in the middle of a battle. These dragons are coming in to destroy everybody. And then everybody looks up, Gimli and Legolas and these kings. Oh, there's the eagles. Yay. That's <laughs> so not, goofy. That doesn't happen like that. Yes, it does. No, it does. Just because Pippin said it. Pippin was the only one that said and the eagles are coming with big oh yeah. the eagles yes because that means pretty much that they're safe that's what they refer to as Deus ex machina that something happens it's like the hand of God is there to help them that's exactly what that phrase means alright dialogue track good very clear nothing really to speak of it worked see for me a lot of their accents and the these funny names of everything i missed some dialogue you know the story so well and the name so it comes to you like there's a couple times i had to ask you what did he say no because i just didn't understand what he said all right, we got a lot of special features on this one, Lady Phantom. Right. It comes to about the whooping number of zero. Yes. Because, yeah, in this, uh, this edition has the, both the theatrical version and the extended edition of the three movies. But that's it. You don't get any more special features. If you want those, you need to get the Blu-ray edition of the trilogy, which has everything right hours upon hours right and again if you missed it the first time when i said it you have to buy the trilogy here it comes in a case and there is a steelbook edition available for this too now lady phantom we're going to go to you first because you're going to tell us the grade and recommendation and remember you got to buy all three it's over a hundred bucks for the set what say you? I say this deserves a B plus. As much as I would love to say that this is reference material, it's not. It just doesn't use HDR as much as it could. And, and there are many of, not many, but too many for my taste of those scenes where something is kind of hazy, but something is in focus. And... Uh, you know, it's nothing that makes the 4K come alive, let's say. But the, uh, fortunately, those are not many scenes. But they are too many to call it reference material. So I cannot go any any more than a B plus. But I say if you are a fan of The Lord of the Rings, then it's a must own. I would presume most fans probably have it already. This came out, what, the end of last year, right? Yes, it's Around very Christmas new. Christmas time, it was right before Christmas, and they sold out quick, too, of yeah. this, because I remember I couldn't get it for you at Christmas time, but her birthday soon thereafter, and I ended up grabbing a copy somewhere. I forget where, but I did just check, and it is back available on Amazon and every place, so there's plenty out there. For me, I think Phantom's just a little generous. 
I'm giving it a B minus, but it is clear. I can only imagine a fan of this just googly gaga over this because some scenes are really vibrant and pretty and beautiful some of these sets and some of these landscapes and when they zoom in on faces you couldn't tell it wasn't a movie made last year yeah and they do go up close on faces a decent amount of times you know i'd say 15 minutes or so when it's just frodo or just gandalf i'm telling you gandalf looks the best they go up close to him a lot and you can see every goatee hair that yeah. he has uh, you know stuff. what that i had never noticed this time was the first time i noticed many of the orcs have yellowish and reddish eyes and i had yes. never noticed until this time you can tell their their color of their eyes very clearly of the yes orcs. and their teeth too like the black and their teeth oh, yeah. and stuff like that it looks really good yes so for me it's a b minus and definitely worthy even because you know it isn't gonna look any better than this okay lady phantom lead us out well Everyone, please go to BillSheddy.com where you can sign that guest book and let us know everything and anything you want. Also there, you can find all the places where you can subscribe to our podcast. We are pretty much everywhere. Our letterboxed links are right there. And remember to follow me on Twitter, LadyPhantom74. I want to thank a couple fans for favoriting some reviews on Letterboxd. For Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty. We'll catch you on the next one. Lay down Your sweet and weary head Night is falling You've come to Jenny's end Sleep now Dream of the ones who came before They are calling From across the distant shore Why do you weep? What are these tears upon?
痛。